Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished individual from Washington, D.C., USA, Sandra Ray. Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Sandra is an author, teacher, and healer. She's an author of a book titled Revolutionary Spiritual Healing, and she's developed the technique for liberation breathing. Mm -hmm. So, Sandra, let's start with asking you, tell me about your own journey in brief. Oh, okay. Well, I grew up in a small town, population 300 in Iowa. Wow. <laughs> and okay. I, I, my father was sick a lot, so I became a nurse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then by a miracle, uh, I joined the Air Force. And after I got divorced, I joined the Air Force. And then I had a miracle. Mm -hmm. um, my ex-husband wanted me to come back and I was going to go. And I had my bags packed. And I, this is two years after my divorce. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting on the floor talking to a friend. And suddenly I heard a voice in the air. And it actually was a voice not in my head it was in the mm. air because he heard it also and the voice said never go back go okay. to california go to california now mm. so of course that was obviously babaji speaking to me but i didn't remember babaji at the time mm. I, I hadn't met him and he heard this voice too and he said sandra I think you better go to California. I said, if I don't follow this voice, I'll regret it my whole Amazing. life. Amazing. How, however, mm. the California Nurses Association had sent me a letter saying, there are no jobs for nurses. We don't care if you have your master's degree. The waiting mm. list is two years. Mm. I had no hope of a job. I didn't really have any money because I had just spent it all on a trip to Europe. Mm. And I, then on the next day, I left for California anyway. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, nice. the miracles, the, yeah. And I, I remember driving across the desert and I got to the California line. And I started feeling really different, really good. And I thought, and it said, LA this way, San Francisco this way. I didn't even know which way to go. I said, okay, <laughs> I'm right. So okay. I, went to San, I went to San Francisco. Oh. And, you know, I just kept having these miracles. I mean, mm -hmm. I got a job right away, even though they said there wasn't any jobs. Mm. <laughs> Everything unfolded. And I got a job as a prenatal nurse in Kaiser Hospital, which was perfect for my career of being a rebirther, because we mm -hmm. study in rebirthing mm -hmm. breath work. We study how your birth affects your whole life. Mm -hmm. So I was a prenatal nurse thinking about birth. And then... Mm -hmm. and then um, Anyway, I started having a lot of car accidents mm -hmm. and uh, I was crying one night in a seminar and mm -hmm. these guys said, what's your problem? I said, I'm, I'm in some kind of a syndrome. I'm, I'm having these car accidents and I need to drive my car across mm -hmm. the bridge. They said, no worries. There's a new guru in town. We'll take you to him. And I said, I'll mm -hmm. try anything. So they drove me Sunday morning out to Santa Cruz Hills and there was a guy outside and he had a flip chart outside which i thought was kind of i've never mm. seen before anybody with mm -hmm. a flip and on the flip chart he had these five points and he said these are the five biggies that keep you from being in bliss wow and he he listed them 
And I looked at that list and I said, somewhere in that list is the cause of all my problems. Mm. If my hair was falling out, I was having car accidents, I had some pain in my body, and you know, I had three major issues. Mm. And he listed these five things. One was the birth trauma. Number two was specific negative thought structures. Number three was the parental disapproval syndrome. Mm. Number four was the unconscious death urge. And number five was past lives. Mm. And he had those on that flip chart. And I thought, wow, maybe he's my teacher. I, I have not cleared those things. Mm. <laughs> and maybe. then, uh, yeah. And then two weeks later, I'm in an astrology class. Mm. And some guy in the back comes in and he said, who wants to try this new experiment? And mm -hmm. my hand like this mm. i didn't even know what i was volunteering for mm. i turned around it was the same guy he said okay you you have to drop out for two weeks two uh, mm -hmm. five days to come with me i didn't even know what i volunteered for it was like mm. god volunteered me mm. so i thought oh my god i just got a new job how can i drop out for five days mm. So I went to the head of the whole hospital and I said, sir, I, I need to take five days off for my spiritual development. And I think he was so shocked. He, he doesn't even remember. He said, yes, you know, mm. one these are the miracles that I had. Amazing. So then I was one of the first people in the world that mm. Leonard or ever tried rebirthing on. So that's mm. the history. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about rebirthing. Right. Okay. This is a breathing process. It's not therapy. It's spiritual purification. Mm. And you, you lie down and you breathe in the presence of a breath worker and you breathe in the upper chest, not in the stomach like yep. yoga. Mm. The reason we breathe up here is we want to get the lungs activated because probably most people had the cord cut too fast at birth. Mm. And therefore, when the cord was cut too fast, they were in a shock and their first breath was painful mm. traumatic and all this and so as a result most people are breathing very shallow so mm -hmm. we're trying to heal the damage done to the breath mechanism at birth by breathing mm -hmm. up here mm. and we breathe in a circular smooth rhythm with no pause that's the mm. secret and when you don't hold the breath anywhere like mm. from uh, what happens is the energy accumulates in your body mm -hmm. and cleanses goes in and cleanses your cells mm. so you, you kind of release fear guilt anger negative thoughts in, in the session you release this subconscious material mm. amazing amazing yeah uh-huh so sandra you also uh, worked very closely with babaji right uh, tell me a little bit about him and okay. some of your experiences with him Okay, yeah. Well, Babaji is called the Maha Avatar, which yeah. means he was not born of a woman. This is for, hard for people to comprehend. He materialized his yeah. body, okay? Mm -hmm. So in he has had many different materializations. Mm -hmm. um, there was one in 1920s where he was very famous uh, for levitation, uh, resurrecting the dead, and sitting in fires and not burning. Mm. Okay, so um, then he, he dematerialized. And then during the period between 1922 and 1970, he would come and go. Well, there was a little boy named Mahendra, who mm. was five years old. Mm -hmm. And imagine if you were five years old in your room and the door was closed and suddenly a master appeared before you without walking through the door. I mm -hmm. mean, you'd be pretty shocked, right? Mm -hmm. So then Babaji materialized candy for him. 
And he couldn't stop thinking about that his whole life, obviously. So he started walking around how you do in India, these yogis that walk around. Mm -hmm. And he searched for a long time to find that guru, and he couldn't. Then he got fed up and he locked himself in his room. He said, I'm not coming out till you come back to me. Mm -hmm. So then Babaji heard that and rematerialized to him and said, well, what is it you want? Mm. He said, I want you to come back for the sake of humanity. We need help here. And then Babaji said, okay, for the next, you know, so many years, you repair all these temples and I will come back in 1970. So in 1970, he rematerialized in a cave in Harakon, which we're getting ready to go to Harakon and taking a group there, by the way, for Navaratri. Well, mm -hmm. anyway, he rematerialized in 1970. Um, this was witnessed by people. They saw this light coming out of the cave and then this young boy came out and he climbed the mountain on top of the cave, which is Mount Kailash. And mm -hmm. he sat up there 40 days and 40 nights without eating, sleeping or drinking. Wow. 40, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he would raise his hand like, I met Indian people who met him then. He would raise his hand like this. And they he'd have to keep his eyes closed because if he opened them up, people would faint. Mm. He was so, so much pure spirit, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. And so he kept his eyes closed and he would bless people like this. And I, I asked them, some of them, what, what that was like. And they said they would have constant visions of their past lives and their future and everything. Mm. Okay, so that was 1970. In 1977, he started calling the Western de devotees, including myself. Mm -hmm. And the way it happened was I was in the rebirthing center with Leonard Orr, who's the founder of rebirthing. Mm -hmm. And I was running the office. So mm -hmm. I was opening the mail. So one day we got this very strange letter in the mail. Mm -hmm. Okay, it said Leonard Orr, 301 Lion Street no return address and it was stamped india with no town mm -hmm. so that's strange right so i opened right. it up and the paper the paper was strange and it was printed in pencil come to india mm. no signature can you imagine i said leonard we've been called mm. we didn't know who was calling us right so we immediately put together a group <laughs> and we went to india and we got there, Leonard said, let's all split up and look for gurus and we'll come back and meet in two weeks. I went south to meet Rajneesh and I was real clear that wasn't for me. But anyway, we all met in two weeks and one girl was missing. Now, you, you know, you can't find a missing person in India, right? Correct. Oh, she, we had to go with, come back without her. We didn't know what happened. Mm. She didn't come back for seven months. Mm -hmm. when she came back i said where have you been she said i found the real babaji mm. so then we went right back to india <laughs> okay yeah, yeah and that was it yeah and then uh well it, it was pretty intense going there at that time because you have to take a bus to a town called Haldwani. Mm. Then you have, in those days, there was not really a good road into you know, Harakon. Yep. You had to take a route through the river. Mm. So I was with my backpack and walked crossing the river. We had to put our passports and our plastic around our neck and it was mm. really intense. Yeah, and so anyway, I did all that, and I was so proud of myself. Mm. I got to Harakon, which is his ashram. I started running up. There's 108 steps. I started running up the steps. I was so excited. Then somebody pulled on my skirt, and they said, hey, 
you're supposed to pranam to the guru. I said, where is he? And he said, mm. right there. And I had run right by him. And the reason I didn't believe it was him because he was dressed like a, a farmer. And I was raised with farmers. Mm. So he greeted me like a child. He's, he looked like a farmer. He's got straw hanging out of his mouth and he's wearing a kind of a gunny sack out there. Mm -hmm. And I, I was expecting my guru to have, you know, satin robes and turban and all this. Yeah. And, and so then I, I bowed to him and he said, oh, Mrs. Sandra. Mm. Now he knew my name and everything. He said, go to your room, take a rest. So I go up there and then I had this big test. All these flies started attacking my body. I mean, I'm talking, it felt like thousands of flies and I'm going, oh, I'll never make it here. And then I looked around and they weren't on anybody else. So I thought, oh, I must be totally in resistance. Mm. So I laid down and I started rebirthing myself and breathing. And then the flies, the flies left. And I had all kinds of tests. I don't know if you want to hear them, but he put me through all kinds of tests. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like one was they had this rule. Women cannot go in the temple if you have your menstrual period. Mm. So I said, thank God I don't have my menstrual period, right? Well, in that moment, I started getting breakthrough bleeding, if you can imagine. Wow. And I thought, oh, no, I came all this way and I can't go in the temple. I was really upset. So then I thought, well, what do I do? Um, what do I do? And I, kept, and I came up with this plan that mm -hmm. I was going to sit right outside the temple, which is an open air temple. I won't be breaking the rules, but I won't feel separate. I'll be right there near. Mm -hmm. That was my plan. So anyway, that the bell started ringing and Babaji comes out of his room and he's wearing the exact fantasy that I had. Okay. Satin robes and a turban, every, even the colors that I wanted him to wear. Wow. Wearing. And he took his cape and he threw it around like this and he looked at me and I hit the ground. I was, you know, way over away from him mm. he just looked at me and knocked me over and i thought dear god let me surrender to this then i thought are you going to go ahead with your plan or not mm. I thought, yeah, i'm going to do it so i uh then that night everybody's chanting in there and i'm sitting outside and suddenly he goes like this you come in mm. oh wow he knows it's not my real menstrual period he's letting me in so i go and sit down and everybody's chanting and chanting. And then he yells, stop. And I go, oh, my God. And he said, you. And I, I, he, had, he, he called me, and I jumped in. And I didn't realize I had sat with all the men. I didn't get that the men were on one side and the women were on the other side, right? So he said, are, in front of everyone, are you a man or a woman? <laughs> I said, I'm a woman. He said, sit over there. And I'm on the wrong side, you know? Um. That was my birth because my father wanted a boy. So he was processing me already on my birth trauma, if you can imagine. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I had so many experiences. Actually, it took me Fantastic. to, you know, to walk around with someone not born of a woman, it blows your circuits. I know. So, no, no, this is, this is absolutely quite a miracle yeah, you told and, me. And, yeah, and you know what? It took me two years to recover from that. Mm, two years. Into, I actually vomited quite often, just karma you know, fear, everything. And after two years, one day I said, oh, maybe I've integrated that. Mm. That very day I said that, I got a letter from Bob G. Get yourself back over here. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> then I so went again. Of, uh, you know, I also wanted to ask you, what is the association between Babaji 
and Swami Paramhansa Yogananda? Well, I mean, you know, I don't know exactly. Um, mm -hmm. But Babaji, Yogananda did honor Babaji. If mm. you read his books. I have. He did, he did, yeah, he did honor Babaji. So, Absolutely. Uh, he did. Yeah. He did. So it was the lineage, but it was kind of a, a different lineage. And uh, I never met Yogananda, but I, that's a wonderful book, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. And he, and he does have a whole chapter about yeah. So <clears throat> that's all I know. That's all I know. Not does. to worry. But tell me, you know, what got you interested? Uh, you know, one is meeting someone of the, like Babaji and uh, coming under his, um, his getting his blessings. But what got you interested in the subject of Sanatan Dharma? Well, I mean, I didn't know about Sanatana Dharma, which is the eternal religion, which is the first religion. And yep. all I know about that is that the basic teaching is truth, love, simplicity, and service to mankind. Mm -hmm. And that's Babaji's teaching. So I didn't, I had never heard that until I met Babaji. So, um, you know, he was obviously the beginning of the first religion or something. Mm -hmm. Truth. Love, simplicity, and service to mankind. I think of Satan Dharma. Mm. So it's it's called the eternal religion. And so I didn't get interested in that till I met Babaji. And the other thing Babaji taught me was work is worship. You know, mm. and that to me, those two things, love, truth, simplicity, and service to mankind is mm. the formula for happiness. He said, it's the formula for happiness. Then he said, work is worship. And, you know, that changed my life because mm. other, you know, most people, they go to work and they just say, oh, no, another day, and, you know, <laughs> and they're, they're into survival, you know, and making money. But if you see your work and, as service and worship, it changes your whole attitude about everything, you know. So, no, I learned that from Babaji. I had never yes. heard that. So if you, were to, if you were to think of uh, a few lessons from Babaji, for our viewers and listeners, what would you say they are? Well, he always said you should chant the mantra Om Namah Shivaya. That's one of the lessons. Uh, that's one of the techniques for clearing your subconscious. Om Namah Shivaya, he said, is the most powerful mantra yeah. that there, there is. And it means I surrender to God or, yeah. uh, you know, it means infinite spirit, infinite being and infinite manifestation. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you say that mantra, repeat it or chant it, uh, you get really clear and you get really high and you get really pure. And uh, so, you know, he said that love, truth, simplicity, service to mankind is important mm -hmm. for happiness, work is worship, and then do the mantra, you know, mm -hmm. and then you know, he gave us uh, quite a few mantras. Now, he never he never did say, oh, you should meditate all the time. Mm. He, he liked action, mm -hmm. which is what I what I appreciate that I don't I'm not so good at meditating. Uh, but recently I started um, doing what I call mantra breathing. I put on these mantras. This is another spiritual practice I do. Mm -hmm. I put on these mantras of, of this group called Doma. And, and which mantras are these? Om Namah uh, Shivaya? Yeah, that's one of them, but there's mm. others. And mm. This is a group called Goma from Glastonbury, England, and they were Babaji devotees. They mm. have incredible music, and I lie down and I breathe while the mantras are playing. Mm. Now, that's like a double whammy, because yeah. I'm doing the breathing, and I'm listening to the mantras. Mm. So, um, you know, that's that's the main thing he always said, you know, mm. do the mantras. 
He never said you should sit and meditate mm. for hours. And you should work, you know. He likes to work. Absolutely. So I've got time for one more question. And I want to talk to you about your book. Um, and, uh, of course, Liberation Breathing. You also have what you call 20 life-changing ingredients to create and maintain lasting love relationships. <laughs> tell me tell me a few of these. Well, you know, I wrote a whole training called the Loving Relationships Training. And on Saturday, we on Friday night, we look at what are your subconscious thoughts that mm -hmm. keep you from having a great relationship. Saturday, we look at family patterns that you learn from your family. And then Sunday, we look at what's the new paradigm, okay? Mm -hmm. So the new paradigm is what I want to emphasize here. The new paradigm in relationships is you're together for the evolution of your soul. And you both know that. So you help each other evolve, okay? So mm -hmm. that is, you know, that is the main thing. And you want to learn to have a conflict-free relationship, mm -hmm. which is possible. And we have techniques to help people prevent conflicts, okay? And um, so I guess one of the secrets is remove all negativity. Mm. You've got to give up the negativity. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to stay in a positive state with positive thoughts. Absolutely. And, you know, another principle is you want to treat your mate like an honored guest. Mm. How would you have an how would you act toward an honored guest in your house? You wouldn't criticize them or make them wrong or be angry at them, right? So you treat your mate with that much respect. You know, these are some of the pr basic principles. Mm. And then, you know, a couple needs to have the spiritual practices that they do together. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do a spiritual practice every morning. Mm -hmm. We sit down and we do some prayers. And then we do a five-point prayer that I learned as a child, which is really good. Uh, the first thing is the opening. You read some scripture or we read the Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. okay? We read the text in the Course in Miracles. Then we say what I want to forgive, who I want to forgive, who I want to be forgiven by, what mm -hmm. I want to forgive myself for. And you state this out loud. Mm -hmm. Then you say uh, what, I, what I'm grateful for is, first, there, first there's the scripture, then you state forgiveness, then you state what you're grateful for, and then you state the petition what I am asking for today is, and then we read the Course in Miracles lesson out loud. Mm. So that's that we do, my husband and I do that every day together, mm. you know? And then I also do Ho'oponopono, which is um, Hawaiian spiritual forgiveness practice. So um, we do a lot of spiritual practices together. Mm. And we mm. don't even have television, you know? So this really enhances our relationship. And we have altars in every room. We have an altar to Jesus, altar to Babaji, and altar to the Divine Mother. Mm. <laughs> we call that the dream team. Absolutely. And that, that's fantastic. But, Sandra, we run out of time. Oh, okay. I, must, I must mention to you that it's been such an amazing conversation. Okay. Thank you so much for talking to me about your personal experiences with Babaji. I don't know too many people who have who actually you know, experienced him personally. And yeah. you shared with me some amazing stories about how he actually reached out to you uh, yeah. to bring you into his inner circle. Yeah. And that's quite amazing. Thank you well, also I for talking. I can't imagine life without him. I can't imagine life without others. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, thank you also for telling me and uh, talking to me about Om Namah Shivai. I mean, as, as an Indian, as a Hindu, 
I've said this so many times, uh, and my mother used to tell me about this. And then thank you also for talking to about three amazing values, uh, which uh, we've always had in Sanatan Dharma is remove negativity, uh, believe in forgiveness, and mm -hmm. gratitude, you know. I think these are such powerful values. And when while talking to you, these were reinforced in my own mind so strongly because okay. you've got so much more experience of uh, life and you've got so much, uh, such a deep understanding of Sanatan Dharma. Okay. Thank you again for speaking to okay. me. Good luck. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.